So my yoga teacher has said that um, we should look at our lives in the autumn time and shed anything um, from this year that we don't want or we need to get rid of, so any thoughts or emotions. Um, and then we've got the winter to allow ourselves to kind of recover before we can start to grow again in the spring, a bit like nature does. So this year I've been getting divorced. So I was with my ex-husband for 20 years, married for 18 of those years. And when you get divorced, it unleashes a whole host of challenges and emotions. And it is important, however, to explore and evaluate your whole marriage, as it wasn't all bad. Otherwise, let's face it, you wouldn't have got married in the first place. So I'm going to look at my marriage journey. So it was January 2002 when my um, ex-husband and I met. I worked with his sister and it was her daughter's christening in a pub called The White Horse. Initially, we only lasted three months. Then he ended it. He said I should find someone else and that he wasn't good enough for me. However, I completely ignored this advice. I got in my car and I drove from Cheshire to Glasgow on a bank holiday and called him from outside his house and said, I'm here, stop being such an idiot. And we never looked back after that. Moving in together in January 2003, living in a small village in North Wales, he proposed that year and we got married and moved house on the same day um, in, to a house in Cheshire and we went off to Hawaii to get married on the beach in July 2004. We had a big reception at Turnhill Hotel Market Drayton in August 2004 so all our friends and family could come and I bought a horse in December 2004 and I owned that horse for all of his life until we had to say goodbye to him this year and life was absolutely brilliant then. We laughed a lot. Money was tight but we had a lovely yellow Labrador called Sam and then in 2009 we got a chocolate Labrador called Mia who was completely crazy but we had so many so much fun and the place where I kept my horse we had lots of friends and we were always out a lot going for meals having a laugh and we used to have barbecues at where we kept the horses everybody got on really really well it was a lovely group of friends and I got my ex-husband into riding um, something a boy from a council estate in Glasgow had never dreamed of doing and we got him a lovely cob and we spent our days walking the dogs at Bickerton Hill, going to work. I dropped the dogs off um, at my mum's for the day and then we'd spend the evenings cantering around and jumping on their 350 acre cross country course. At weekends we would go on farm rides or fun rides and it truly was one of the best times of my life. So how did I get from there to here where I am now? sat on my parents' sofa with a canal boat that I have to live in, but I haven't really got any proper heating working in it yet, which is why I'm currently sat on my parents' sofa. It started to go wrong when the yard we had the horses at, which was only a 10-minute drive away from our house, closed. We were actually on holiday at the time. We were seeing Take That in Munich, and we had six weeks to find another yard. One opened up especially for a select few of people and we were lucky enough to be chosen but it was 30 minutes away from our house and with no cross-country course and it was also an hour and 20 minutes away from my husband's work and he used to drive from work to the stables, quickly get changed at the yard and then get on board in some of the weeknights in the summer when it was light. And then there was no arena at this yard to ride in um, no hacking. Well, the hacking was on busy lanes. Now, he ended up not wanting to ride in the evenings because he was too tired and it was too long a drive. So I rode with other people and with him at the weekends. 
Then in September 2012, my ex-husband was made redundant and he was the main wage wage earner. And we'd all discuss what we'd do if he got made redundant because it was a time when things weren't going too well. And we'd already agreed that he would travel if he had to. And he managed to get another job within two weeks, which was great news. It was only temporary. However, it was 200 miles away from home in Carlisle. The day he had to leave was one of the worst days of my life. I was left alone. He was a fantastic cook and did all the cooking. I was left to do the dogs, the horse tasks and cook. And then as as if things couldn't get any worse, I was made redundant a couple of months later after he was, when one of our customer's suppliers went under. I managed to get a temporary job in Cheshire in April 2013, but we had built my li- our life around my old job's hours um, and now I had to work normal working hours and full time, whereas before I had Friday afternoons off and started at half nine and finished about half four, I was, it was much longer hours and it was winter and we had no arena, no lights. My horse needed riding three to four times a week to keep him sane, so we had to move him to full livery at a different yard, which we couldn't really afford. I remember on Mondays getting up at 4am to take my husband to the train station and then off to mum's to get half an hour more sleep before walking the dogs and then going to work. I can't even remember if I lived at my house or my parents' house for that period of time because the horses were on full livery so I didn't really see them a massive amount in the week either. Determined not to use his redundancy money, my ex-husband had £20 a week to live on and he managed it. We made him stuff at the weekends that he packed and took with him and he found a couple of cheap pubs to eat in for a couple of nights a week. There my ex-husband managed to get a permanent job but it was in Scotland, Ayrshire. He had to take it and he lived with his sister and drove back at weekends. My temporary job was coming to an end in July 2013. My horse collapsed one day while I was tacking him up just around that time. I was mortified. He had to go to the vets for a checkup. He was given the all clear, um, but we took the decision to move the horses to a friend farm in our village as it was just a better location and it was a bit cheaper as well. Then I started applying for jobs in Scotland and was offered a 12-month maternity cover role in Glasgow, three days a week. The only issue was that it was Monday, Tuesday and Friday, which was not ideal. They wanted me to start that week, so August 2013 I went off to Scotland travelling four times a week up on the Sunday night in the car with my ex-husband, down on on the train to Chester where mum was looking after the dogs, then back up on a Thursday afternoon on the train, then back in the car on Friday night with someone trying to chucking in feeds for the two horses three times a week. By the end of September I was knackered and I knew that we couldn't do this in the winter. With the help of my parents, we managed to scrape together enough money to buy a repossessed house in a rather dodgy area of Kilmarnock because we had our house in Cheshire on the market, but it just wasn't selling. The house in Kilmarnock stank of cigarette smoke. We had no flushing toilet and the electricity was off. We just moved in. We called an electrician and a plumber and made friends with the staff in the 24-hour Asda store to use their toilets while we got everything fixed. I installed my rescue debt-ridden equestrian best friend into our house in Cheshire, paying off her payday loans, but I had finally managed to get her to confess how much trouble she was in with some money we had left over. 
She looked after the horses for a month while we got an interest-free kitchen and bathroom installed, stripped off the wallpaper. I'll never forget the nicotine dripping on my head from the ceiling. Decorated, put new flooring down, collected the dogs and we were in. I found a livery yard for the horses and got them moved up. It had a floodlit arena to ride in for the winter. Great. I didn't fully understand Scottish winters then. I do now. That is when my ex-husband and I started to argue. And not just a small one, it was a blazing rouse. And he actually stormed out of the house on a couple of occasions and I had to go and find him. I think the near, nearly a year spent apart with all the stress of everything had started to take its toll on our relationship and it had changed both of us and who we were. We'd been so much we start, we had lost the fun and laughter of life during that year and working in Scotland is a different experience as well as the people are different. By 2014 we had managed to sell the house in Cheshire. My best friend moved in with our friend John and we bought a lovely bungalow with an acre of land, not quite enough land, but we could afford it. It was on a main road though, but the speed limit was 50 miles an hour, so it was okay. We could hack up the farmer's private drive and into the village. We could hire an arena close by, and we went to the beach all the time. The stables didn't have electric, but we made do with battery-powered head torches and solar-powered lights. And I was really enjoying my job. Life was one on the up again. So we decided to have a joint 40th and 42nd birthday party. I was I am two years older than my ex-husband and we got all our friends together and had an 80s themed party. My cousin used to come up and stay with us all the time at that time. I suspected that something had happened between her and my ex-husband. He told me what I think is the truth, but there were two sides and she never told me her side. Maybe after listening to this she will. He refused to have her in the house again. I really used to enjoy her visits. They were a highlight and we had always been really close and we had such a good laugh together. She's like a sister to me. But at least I had my friends at the college to go out with. Now the problem with having horses and having your own stables and land is that you always want another one. And I was having issues with my horse. He had arthritis, so I bought a cob that I didn't really get on too well with. And what I should have done is sold that horse straight away and got something else older. But hindsight is a wonderful thing. Then we saw a letter in the post that they were planning to put up the speed limit from 50 miles an hour to 70 miles an hour and they put notices up in November that I just happened to see and so we popped letters through the door of everybody on that road so word would definitely get about. They had to find more chairs at the council meeting for all the people to sit on as there were a lot more than they were expecting. Someone had been killed on that road, a policeman. And although they had built bridges and spent quite a lot of money doing it with the crossing the road to help reduce the road issue, people wanted to stay at 50 because it should also help to reduce pollution. Some people had even brought lawyers with them. But my ex-husband and I were used to communicating with people on this level. I used to argue with the Italian managing directors or printers, attend board meetings with consultants, and he used to argue with trade union officials. To say that we enjoyed the discussion with them was an understatement. I drove that we road this week. The speed limit is still 50. This was more additional strain in our relationship though. Then my ex-husband's horse got colic and we nearly lost him. The vet gave him an injection and I could tell from his face it didn't look good. He said, he, did I, ha I said, did he have any ideas? about anything that had worked and he said he had made one case where a horse was lunged 
and that did work to clear the blockage but we didn't have anywhere to lunge him we didn't have an arena I didn't want to put him through colic surgery because he was quite an old cob and it wouldn't be fair on him I knew from my experience of living around a horse racing yards that if a horse is colicky they quickly load them on the trailer so off we went on the trailer to the beach and I chased the cob around in the half dark on the lunge until we were both absolutely knackered we loaded him back onto the trailer, which actually, if you're loading a colicky horse in a trailer, is in itself quite dangerous because they can go down, um, and headed home. He, I checked him about 3am and I heard some noises in his tummy, so I kept everything crossed as I slept. Another vet arrived in the morning expecting to have to put him down, and after examination she couldn't believe it. He was okay, the blockage had cleared but it was likely that he would have the same issue again because he'd eaten too much haylage and we didn't have enough grass. And what he really needed was loads and loads and loads of grass. And he was one of those cobs that really was irreplaceable. So we decided to move again and this time I wanted a place with an arena. So we put the house on the market in 2016 and started looking for a house with more land and an arena. And there is a different system in Scotland whereby you exchange missives first and then usually have a later entry date. But in our case our buyers had an issue with their initial purchases and it was three week turnaround for them, but the house sale of the the sale house purchase that of the people we were buying from fell through, and we were left with the option of do we go ahead with the sale or not, but we had nowhere to go to. It was no we weren't really sure what to do, and then we lost our Labrador the week before, which was extra stress that we really didn't need, but we went through with the sale because we had a sale and it had taken us quite a long time to get a buyer. Our farrier lent her his caravan and we set it up in a site near his farm and we moved our stuff into storage and our horses to a field at our farrier's farm. I will always be eternally grateful to my old farrier Steve Newman for that. While we were looking for other houses our Shetland pony developed an abscess in his tooth. Our horse trailer was full of stuff so I had to borrow a horse lorry from my friend Liz to take him to the vets who pulled the tooth out or so I thought. But his new owner discovered it was not all removed. So we've just contributed, my ex-husband and I have just contributed £400 each um, while going through our farm sale and divorce for the Shetlands treatment. I managed to buy a house on Facebook. It was technically under offer, but I messaged the owner in 2016 as it had been like that for a while and asked what was happening as we were in a position to move straight away and had a mortgage offer in place. I was freezing cold in a caravan at the time, nearly in tears, thinking, please God, let us get a house for Christmas. Her buyers were messing her about, so she said, do you want to come and see it? Although she wasn't supposed to do that, because that's not really what's supposed to happen in Scotland. But we did it, and we agreed a price, and we got the technicalities sorted out with our solicitors, and we were in within a month. And thank you to our solicitor, Alistair, really appreciate that. I'd finally got my dream, a farmhouse with land and an arena. The horses loved it, the hacking was good and we could finally ride. But after all that stress, it had taken its toll on our relationship and when we moved into that house, we were really not very happy. We were not in an excited, happy place and I'm not sure if we even had intimate relations in it, maybe a couple of times. I didn't like the house very much. I've always managed to change houses and make them into a home, but something about this one was all wrong and I decided and I couldn't decide what to do with it. I was having issues at work as well, which didn't help me. 
And when the pandemic hit, my ex-husband kept having to isolate. We were both working in different hospitals. He moved into a separate bedroom upstairs and we had our own living room. We hardly saw each other. And the only conversations we had were about COVID. Instead of a couple, we had become two people living in the same house. And when it got to Christmas 2021, I decided I wanted a divorce. Having written this and remembered just what happened, I think that our relationship was struck by a series of catastrophic, unpredictable events that I don't even think the strongest of relationships could have survived. I'm a big believer in fate and I just don't think it was on our side. We had so much bad luck in the end and if it was meant to be, we would have had more good luck. But life is a journey and we can't dwell on the past. So I'm just going to pick myself up, dust myself off and skip into the future and see what life holds for me now.